I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you are listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. Yay! Per the request of your dear friend, (laughs) I have a bottle of Rufia Portuguese Rosé purchased from Dead Horse Hill. I was going to say, did you get it at Dead Horse? I did. They're hooking me up with all the natural wine. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) That sounded good. (laughs) All right. Oh, that sounded good, too. This is an ASMR podcast again. I'll just start, like... So, Molly, what are we doing today? We are we have a really fun thing happening. I had a shower idea, and Sarah was like, what? But I feel like that's a thing people talk about, like, the ideas that you come up with while you're in the shower. Yeah, I thought you meant, like, a baby shower or something. I was like, oh, no, no, Molly. I'm still <laughs> what? popping bottles over here. No babies. <laughs> yeah, I find showers, like, terribly boring. I honestly, like, hate taking showers. I know people don't agree with that. It's mostly because I'm just, like, thinking of all the other things I could be doing, you know? Anyways, I was in the shower. (laughs) They are. They're so boring. Um, And I was like, oh, this would be fun. Let's do a countdown structured episode of Pop It. So basically... My first, my original idea was like, because I was singing Beyonce in my head, obviously, right? I was like, 10, mm-hmm. eh, 9. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, we're going to do like 10 to 1. That would have been so many things. Well, first of all, right, it would take us forever. But also, it would have been so many things. Like, I was like, 9 what? Like, snacks, you eat snacks like every day, right? And they oh, change yeah. a lot. So that's easy to come up with a lot of things. But yeah, so then I was like, well, what if we did 5? So we're going to start at five. And I just came up with some like funny ideas of things that seem to be happening for a lot of people in quarantine. All right. So the first category I see here, five snacks that you need. It is five snacks. Do you want to go back and forth or do them all at once? I think it's good to go back and forth because then if we have any like fun commentary, right? Okay. I like that. You go first. Okay. So I have been eating Sarah, you know this very well about me. I, I've probably mentioned it. I have definitely mentioned it before, actually. My favorite snack is Funyuns. The crispy, crunchy, fake onion, onion-flavored onion rings, I believe they're called. So at the beginning of all this, when I went out grocery shopping, I bought one of those, like, 18-pack Lay's variety. Oh, so smart. Right? So I still have some of those, but I separately, I bought one of those with other things in it, and then I separately bought just a Funyuns 10-pack. I thought to myself, if I have individual size bags, I will like finish a whole bag in like two days, which is possible. Yeah. One of our favorite pastimes back when we used to be able to go out on the town is we'd be (laughs) on our way home from whatever, like event of the evening or whatever. And I'd be like, stop at Honey Farms. Yes. Go all in on crazy snackage. Gotta get those combos. But I've been trying to be resourceful, and one of the things I've always wanted to do is make a whole chicken. Yes. Because you can make it last a full week. Yeah. Oh, chick- like whole chickens are awesome. And I think a lot of people tend to just like buy the, you know, like the rotisserie ones at the store, which is also fine. But what was your solution, Sarah? Well, the Instagram cooking scene is all about the spatchcock. Oh, yeah. Which... Sounds kind of scandalous. And you know what? It looks kind of scandalous, too. It does. It, it looks kind of like your chicken is splayed out, you know, just 
totally vulnerable. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, it's delicious. You use these, I think they're called cooking shears, and you cut the spine out. I know that doesn't sound appetizing. And then you're able to like butterfly the chicken is the other term for it. And um, yeah, I nailed it. I love that. I was especially excited about it because I saw an episode of my favorite show, Master Chef Junior. <laughs> Where Gordon, like, taught the kids how to do it. Aw, little tiny butterflies. Yeah. I, I was so excited when I saw you did it because I was like, I have never met. I mean, I'm sure that I've met people like, you know, chefs that I know who have done it. But I've never met, like, a lay person who has spatchcocked their own <laughs> chicken. So that was very exciting for me. I have been trying to cook my way through the Kenji Lopez all cookbook, which is written by like an MIT professor. Um, it's very sciencey, but he oh, says cool. that the best way to maximize the flavor in your chicken is to spatchcock. So I went for it. Well, because part of it is like, like you said, like butterfly, you sort of open it up and like almost lay it down, right? The way that it's like opened up. Yeah. Imagine someone doing a snow angel. Uh-huh. And you were in the kitchen too. I was. So I was, I think this was like mm, a couple Saturdays ago. I was kind of, you know, laying around as we do. And I was like, what can I make that has like simple ingredients, like pantry stuff that I really enjoy eating that I've maybe never made before. And I was like, oh, I know popovers. I love popovers. If you don't know what they are, they're, they're sort of like muffins. You bake them in a muffin type tin, but they're a little different. They're just like super eggy. There's like four ingredients. It's like egg, flour, milk, and salt, and that's literally it. And so the way that they work is you're you're meant to use like the tins that have straight sides instead of the angled ones like you would use for cupcakes or muffins. And what that does is you fill the the tins up and they kind of they're called popovers because they sort of pop over the sides. So you're supposed to have a fun muffin top situation. And then the inside gets a little not like kind of hollow yeah so they pop because they pop up because of all the egg i didn't have the right tins available so i didn't get like the full big pop but i did get the desired effect like on the inside and they tasted right so i was very excited about it they i thought they were delicious (laughs) Mm, i love a good popover right and i just like a lot of people you can fill them with anything you want sweet savory a lot of people do like maple syrup i like to just slather butter on them and they were so good i had a special treat of a delivery uh we were supposed to leave for our honeymoon to italy last week obviously we couldn't do that and people had the funniest suggestions of what we should do instead but the one that really came to fruition was courtesy of our girl joy flanagan again (laughs) yeah she's so sweet she did a no contact drop off of like all these Italian cocktails. She even made us a little booklet called Aperitivo Hour, and it told you like about the history of Aperitivo Hour and a little bit of background on all the different Italian cocktails. But yeah, she's so thoughtful. And then she had also given us lots of snacks, like cheese and cured meat. I love it because I think that everyone is sort of reacting to this differently. Um, Like some people inwardly, some are outwardly. You know, everyone has a lot going on, and I love the fact that I really feel like Joy's way of coping with this situation is just to, like, give and be present with all of her friends, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, she's the best. What's it called when you both talk at the same time? Oh, we had a jinx moment where we said (sighs) the same thing on the internet, and she goes, all those Italian cocktails I gave you were actually just potions to get inside your brain, and I was Uh like, oh, man. 
But yeah, she is creative and talented and generous. And she made a stop at your apartment after, right? Yes, she did. Oh, yeah, she's having a time. She's having a great old time. And so are we, thanks to her efforts. <laughs> and responsibly, too, which I yes. really appreciate. Yes. Oh, yeah, she's like, she's on top of it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I love potatoes. I believe that there was a survey done by, like, one of the big potato lobbies a couple years ago that had specified by demographics, like, how important potatoes were to your lives. And millennials, like, over 70% of millennials, I believe, answered, like, potatoes are very important to my life. And I think that is so, first of all, so funny. Well, you're talking to a couple of Irish girls over here, too. Right? Oh, yeah. I just love, I always say that, like, my, I love Polish food and Irish food, which is, like, Primarily my macaron, which is just like dirty, poor people food, and I love it. Um, but <laughs> that is the best description of the two of us. That's us. Um, but oh, and proud of it. I love like corned beef and cabbage. I love a pierogi, all that stuff. So, nor I eat a lot of potatoes. Like I usually, you know, obviously, like I consume a lot of like French fries. But when I make them for myself, I normally during you know, quote unquote normal times, I don't necessarily have time to prepare them the way I want. So I do a lot of like baked potatoes, which, you know, you can pop in the microwave like five minutes on each side. It's super easy. But lately I have just like gone off and I have made so many mash, so much mashed potatoes. I was accused of eating not two um, servings worth, but two days worth of mashed potatoes (laughs) in a sitting a couple weeks ago. Uh, one of the things that we got in the mail this week finally was our matzah, and I had tried to coordinate it so that we would have it on time for Passover. <laughs> but you know what? It lined up with my chicken plans because well, I was able to uh, to have some matzah ball soup. There you go. But I also feel like everyone else probably was also trying to line it up so that it would that line up with Passover, delay. right? Yeah. The, but the other thing is, like, I had such a shiksa moment again because as soon as I go to make my matzo ball soup, yes. uh, I realized that matzo meal and matzo, like the cracker, two totally different things. Yeah, those are not the same. So I ended up crushing all the crackers to create my own matzo meal. It was a whole ordeal. And then after I spent, like, a half hour doing that, I dropped it all on the floor. Oh, no. And I had to start again. Yeah, yeah. but anyway... It was, uh, as as one would say in Yiddish, look, I'm getting better. You it are. was a potchki. I love it. I also think that, I do think that some people do make matzo balls out of, like, actual matzah. Well, like, they do I think now. that's a thing. Yeah, I think that's a thing that people, someone has done. How did the soup end up? It looked good. It was good. And, like, I uh, did the whole thing where, I don't know, my husband always calls his mother's soup liquid gold. And I was like, I wonder how you make it, like, super um, clarified. So you take a coffee filter and you actually filter your chicken broth. So I, like, made the broth all day for 12 hours. And then I put it through the coffee filter. And, yeah, it was was really good. And you need chicken fat, too, but, like, a lot of it to make matzah. And so Jared from Dead Horse, he totally hooked me up. Oh, that's perfect. High quality soup. I think so. I can't believe you gave away Susan's uh, secret. Oh, that was a secret <laughs> I found on the internet. Oh, is it? I feel like that's going to be a big step in our uh, mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship is when she hands that. over the recipe. <laughs> yes. And then you're going to be like, I did it. I've done it. Um, it. Last Friday, it is Friday again today while we're recording. Last Friday, Armsby Abbey 
was like, we're dropping fish and chips. They put up a picture that was literally drool-worthy of these fish and chips. And I was like, oh, we got to get these. They're going to be so good. They apparently sold out, like, by 1 o'clock that day. And so, obviously, I did not get my fish and chips for dinner, as I wanted. So we ended up getting the taco platter. I think you guys got that a little while, a couple weeks ago too, right? Yeah, we did. It was awesome. It was so good. I was so excited to see they're going to keep Stout Fest alive. They're going to do take home Stout Fest. And if you don't know Stout Fest, it's like a nationally renowned event every year where Alec Lopez curates the most amazing draft list. People come from all over. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like a really hot ticket to go to this very exclusive breakfast in the morning where you get to hear from all of these world famous brewers and they're all in the same room. It's just, it's a crazy like insider beer event. And um, they're going to do the best they can to keep it alive. Yes, I was actually looking at the menu. They've got like the sampler and it looks like an ice cream. So after this weekend, like we're recording, who knows what will be available, but I bet that the ice cream will be around for a little while. It's made with prairie bomb, oh. ancho chile vanilla, and chunks of fresh baked prairie bomb bat brownie. That wow. sounds amazing. My last snack. Yes. Is just that I finished my popcorn tin finally. It <laughs> took us five weeks and we devoured that baby. I'm it proud does of make you. you very thirsty. And I saw Ugh. a really great thing on Instagram from Melissa, who was the manager of Greater Good for a while. Yeah, she was on our show. Yeah. She's been keeping a tally of water because you're supposed to drink eight glasses a day. And so, so I hard. have taken her up on that. I keep a water tally. Uh, and I suggest that everyone do that in between snacks. I think that's a great idea. There's also an app called Tally. And you can give yourself goals that are measurable like that. Mm-hmm. I finally, I got an, I get an Easter basket from my mom. She, she, you know, handed it to me from a distance. Yeah, when we went for a walk one day. And, uh... You know, a bunch of candy and stuff, but I have been working on, similar to your popcorn saga, she gave me a Reister bunny, and it's like, I would say, I'm like trying to measure it out with my hands right now. It's probably like eight inches tall, or like, no, maybe, I don't know, six or seven. But anyways, I've been working through it. I started at the ears. I'm, I'm around his knees now, because <laughs> it's like a whole thing. So it's like you take like two or three bites, and you're like, okay, I'm good. So I've been like working through this, this like chocolate Reese's peanut butter Easter bunny. It's been delicious. Mm. Oh, I just realized I have one more. Ramps. That was also a dead horse find. Ooh, yes. They are a delicious foraged treat somewhere between scallions, onions, and garlic, and mm-hmm. they make everything better. Yeah, you can still get ramps from Dead Horse, too. Yes, we actually just refilled our order yesterday. (laughs) Uh, One side note, this Rufia Rosé is really delicious, like really strong, aromatic, strawberry and blueberry. It's not Mm. super alcoholic. Like, it's not really, really boozy. Um, Medium-bodied, refreshing. I love it. Sounds nice. Mm -hmm. Very bright. I am drinking water. (laughs) <laughs> you know better than me. <laughs> All right. Who went first last time? Did I go first? Yes. You go first this time. Okay. I want to talk Too Hot to Handle because I know we've both watched it. So this is, yeah, this is our, both of us are listing Too Hot to Handle on our, so our four is four things that we've watched. Yes. Yeah. We need to talk about Too Hot to Handle. It is the trashiest reality show. It must be British because there's so many British so people on it. It's a partnership. It's like a, it's a tri-continental effort it's like through so it's british american and australian production 
I kind of got the sense that maybe the Me Too movement hadn't quite made it over there yet or something. I was like, oh my God. I think in England, God. well, they have like, it's like Love Island, which yeah. this is like similar to, but obviously with like a very, very specific twist. I was just shocked by like the, how they so explicitly tied amounts of money to sexual acts. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was very confusing for me. But with that said, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I usually don't like the term guilty pleasure because it makes it seem like Mm -hmm. pop culture isn't worth my time. But this was a true guilty pleasure. I was like, oh my God, that was was awful and wonderful. Yes. I I actually also, at the beginning, I was like really enjoying myself like on a pure entertainment level. But by the end of it, I found it like, I I found it really like nice. Because the premise of the show is they cannot interact in any sexual way, which means, like, ki- like down a kissing. Like, kissing, touching, sex. And they've picked a group of highly sexualized people, which also made me a little nervous because I was like, yeah. oh, a lot of times when people are highly sexualized, that means, like, they've had some sort of trauma. But I don't want to make assumptions either. But when you watch the show, there are no rules. Right. A show like Survivor has very clear-cut rules because there's money on the line. There's money on the line here, but they seem to just be making up rules as they go along. Like if somebody reveals themselves as a toxic personality or somebody mm. that doesn't seem like they're super invested in the show, they're just like, okay, goodbye. You've been voted off with no real explanation. Right, the producers decide that they're going to leave. Well, so I was talking um, about it, and I was like, I wonder, there has to be people like someone like Matthew, who's the Jesus guy. Who, like, he obviously understood that Lana, who is the, like, robot who's in charge of who stays, who goes, what, who gets punished for whatever. And the personification of Lana is so poignant, too, where they all, like, start jokingly talking to her. And then oh, they she love becomes her. a true fixture of AI where they're, like, really understanding that she has a lot of control over the yes. situation. And a few, I think a few other of them obviously understand, like, there are producers and people in a control room who are deciding what this thing says and what it does right but then Mm -hmm. I was thinking to myself like there have to be contestants on this show who like really think that like this robot it's not even a robot doesn't move has eyes and is like objectively choosing things I was like there's gotta be some of them who like don't understand how this works right yeah well Jesus and he does slightly resemble what we've come to think of as the figure of Jesus Christ. White, but a white Jesus, yeah. They also talk about him and call him that, right? Like, yeah, we didn't just so start he, calling him that. Okay. Like, oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's a thing. He, I, and it's so funny because at the beginning I was like, oh, this guy. And then by the time, you know, he makes a choice on the show, I was like, oh, this guy's great. <laughs> One thing the show is really missing, in my opinion, is like a class clown, you know, some comedic relief. And I think they thought he was going to be that, but he's not. He's lonely and highly emotional, yeah. and he actually starts crying when they kick yeah. him off. I don't think they kicked him off. I think I think he or left. He says he leaves, but I, I think felt that like did. the producers were like, you're not in love. Goodbye. No, I felt – well, no, because then they would have gotten rid of, a, like, other people too. I think that he understood – once they kind of introduced the idea that it was about personal growth, I think he was like, oh, it is. And I think after that one exercise that they did with that guy where they where they wrote all those that stuff on the, like, canvas, I think mm-hmm. he, like, really – I think a lot of them actually, like, grew a little bit. That's why I loved they it. I was like, this show's great. Yeah. They call them workshops, 
And yeah. at first, I kind of mocked that idea. But then it becomes more and more intimate where yeah. the one at the end, they write with paint words that they've been called. And I asked Jacob, I was like, what would you write? Or I asked my husband, and he was like, yeah. chicken legs. <laughs> and I don't know if I'll include this. And he was like, what would you write? And I was like, exhausting. So I don't know. It was a good yeah. reflection of like, what are the things that have been the most hurtful that a partner has said to you? Right. Or or someone of the opposite sex yeah. has said to you. And a lot of them I I felt like, e- even just as friends, like made se- like serious bonds with each other on a platonic level. Okay, but let's talk about the friendship between Fran and Haley. Oh, God. Fran is an Instagram model from Vancouver. And she's smart, though. She is cunning and she grows on yeah. you. Oh, yeah, I loved her by the end. Haley, we all know a Haley from Florida. Oh my God. And Haley in the very first episode tells us that she doesn't know where Australia is. So <laughs> immediately you're like, oh, okay. All right. She's playing the role of mean girl. And it is an act. Like she just buys into this character full right. on. And, but then you can feel the pressure from the producers where they're like, everyone else is kind of coming around and like buying oh, into yeah. this process or experiment like on Love is Blind, except for her. And she is holding everyone back. And she, ha- and she also like hates them. Right, where we're like, Francesca was kind of playing a villain at the beginning. She enjoyed, she was being mischievous. She wanted to get mm-hmm. in trouble. She wanted to start drama as like a reality show character. But then she started to have a breakthrough. She also is, was smarter. She knew that Haley like would just go along with whatever she said and did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for her, like she was just on a different intellectual level where she appreciated what was happening. And then, and Haley just never like, bought into that I guess right right although I will say I mentioned the similarities between love is blind and too hot to handle Mm -hmm. the one thing love is blind really has going for it is you get to see these people leave the resort and go back out into the real world together I liked that too yeah, I wish we had had a chance to see that here well, because they do introduce new characters at the very end right, who like, you're who not invested you? yeah. in. It, like I said, they're just making up rules as they go. Yep. I do want to say that Harry and Francesca are still together, though. I read that, Which too. is, like, very important to me. Um, Harry's, like, a little boy, though, and she, like, has a brief flirtation with Kells, who I think is such a man, you know? Like, oh, I yeah. started to think of Kells, like, PETA from The Hunger Games and that Irish <laughs> girl. I was like, you're my Katniss. But she oh, never, my God. Oh, Nicole. finds love. Nicole, yeah. who I variously refer to as both Colleen and Erin. <laughs> While watching developed. it, well, no, because I just remember that she was Irish, uh-huh. and Nicole doesn't yes. seem like an Irish name to me. I was like, oh, Erin. Like it, <laughs> Levi was like, that is not her name. There were a lot of boners. I did like it. Yeah, it was a lot. I don't know if I can say that on ninety-seven point nine, but sorry, sorry, buddy. Um, little middle school. Oh my god, the the men are constantly holding pillows over oh, yeah. themselves, like a school and then dance. making jokes. Like, oh, God. But my favorite line, favorite, favorite line from Chloe. Who's Chloe is the best. British I bombshell. Her. She goes, sleep with your geezer, lemon squeezer, French freezer. And she says it like so melodically as if it's just a normal thing. And everyone's yeah. like, wait, what? what? Is that some sort of British saying? Absolutely. Well, and it's like she's from Essex, too, which is basically like the Jersey Shore of England. Like, when Jersey Shore came out, England was like, we have to make a show. And then they made a show called The Only Way is Essex. And that's their Jersey Shore. 
Um, so like she showed up and I was like, oh, this girl is going to be the best. I really love Chloe though. I thought that Chloe, I thought that Chloe was like, she was spacey, but not, not dumb. Um, and I she thought that. She calls herself dumb at some point. Right. And she's really not like she, I thought that for someone who is like a little space Casey also had like a very, um, acute awareness of herself and what she was putting across at any given time. And, like, I thought she was really emotionally intelligent. She never wanted to hurt anyone. I don't know. I just, I really liked Chloe. I agree. I found her to be the most likable character. Absolutely. And I think they knew that because she's featured a lot, even without, like, you know, permanently pairing up with anyone. So if you're looking for television junk food, I I think, I mean, it's not going to satiate your intellectual... uh, I don't know. Actual needs. I found it a very interesting, like, short-term sociological experiment. (laughs) That's true. I guess if you think of it that way. Yeah, right? It is, though. It's very silly. To justify, like, what a crazy... I did like it a little bit more than Love is Blind, only because I just found it more entertaining, like, minute to minute. Love is Blind, Mm -hmm. sometimes I just, like, skipped stuff because I was, like, bored. (laughs) Yeah, this is short in economical right like they pack so much in Mm. in such a short period of time and i think it's it's just eight episodes it's sillier too like it's a sillier thing what else are you watching i have started watching a show that it started a few years ago i think it's had like four seasons it's called red oaks it's on amazon prime and it's very similar in its setup to caddyshack it's about this like middle class jewish kid who lives in New Jersey and he gets a job as a, like the assistant tennis pro at a got like as at a country club. Um, and so it's like about him and his family and friends just like navigating like the class disparities and different stuff like that. And it also takes place. Well, like the key to it is that it takes place in 1985. So you get this very, very specific Jewish, wealthy Jewish country club in New Jersey sensibility that is really, really fun. But it's also like very sweet. It's like, you know, it's a coming of age show, but I have enjoyed it a lot. It's one of those shows too, where you'll be watching it and you'll be like, oh, I know so-and-so. You just start recognizing people and I love it. And also the mom character is played by Jennifer Grey, who is the star of Dirty Dancing. Oh, and I didn't know that. Well, yeah, but she looks so different. She got her, you know, she changed her nose in like 1995 and she's never looked quite oh. the same. Yeah, I think that she thought she needed to change it, even though it was like really what made her kind of like cool and hot and mysterious. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. I have watched the first two episodes of Run on HBO. And I think that Glenn Weldon on NPR did the best job describing it. It's like Killing Eve meets what's the Phoebe Waller-Ridge show? Fleabag. So, and actually, she's a producer on the show. She created all three of those shows. Oh, oh I love cool. that. Yeah, she's the creator of Killing Eve, too. Or, like, not the, she obviously didn't write the book, but she's like the creator and producer of the tv show oh Killing i had no idea yes. so that makes sense but it is excellent and um merit weaver i loved oh, in, she's so good i loved it unbelievable and yeah she they gave her a lot more to work with here I she's think. one of those people she's been around forever she was on nurse jackie she's a regular on that which she won an emmy award for and had one of the best speeches ever she got on stage and i believe she said thanks and then left Oh, yeah. That's it was awesome. Speech. And it was very, like, she didn't say it like she didn't care. She said it in a very, like, uh, gracious and grateful way, but it was awesome. 
she's very funny. She's very likable. I also love Donald Gleason, who is the guy, who's the main guy on this show, too. What's Onward? Sorry, oh. I'm looking at your oh, list. I will tell you. Um, I was going to text you about it, and then I was like, I'll just save it. Onward is the new Pixar movie. <laughs> it's on oh. Disney+. Plus. It was supposed to come out in theaters, but obviously there are no theaters. <laughs> so they released it. I think that they did, like, a couple days where they did the, like, you can, you know, watch it for 20 bucks. But they just put it right on Disney Plus for people to watch, which is great. Um, I was going to text you about it because I know that Jake kind of likes like that kind of stuff. And you're like, why are we watching oh my an God. animated movie? Does. Yeah, he but I like, get it. loves but, you know, Moana. But oh Pixar makes movies that are for everyone. But this was particularly lovely. It takes place in sort of like... It's like a society like ours, but it's just inhabited by elves and stuff instead of people. But it is like, Ooh. it's you know, it's modern society, but they talk about how, like, there used to be magic in the world. Ah, uh, well, I, I love, like, the Harry Potter universe, you know? Right. It's very, like, it has, it's got, like, nice, well, it's Pixar, so of course it has good world building. I feel like that's their whole deal, mm-hmm. right? But it's just a really sweet story about these two brothers who lost their dad when they were really young and you know, are teenagers, they don't get along super well, and they have, they have an adventure, and they find some magic. I love magic. It's great. Yeah, it's re- great. It's very sweet. It's funny. Chris Pratt plays the older brother, so you get, like, a little taste of, An- of Andy Dwyer the whole time, which is great. I heard that they're going to do a Parks and Rec reunion next week. They are April 30th. Can't wait. Me too. But, um, yeah, I thought it was just really nice. I, if you are looking for something to fill a couple hours that will just make you feel happy. Hey, I know you're a basketball, an NBA girl. I am. Have you watched The Last Dance? Yeah. So it's the Michael Jordan documentary and my husband, he's, man, I guess he's the only person that I see now, <laughs> but I keep talking about him. That's um, okay. But yeah. But I think that's he, part of it, right? He is the only person. Yeah. But he loves the Chicago Bulls. So this yep. is like Christmas for him or Hanukkah. Yeah. He, uh, I, I mean, did another Shiksa thing. That's right. Uh, he grew up sort of in that, like deep in it, right? Like early oh, 90s, yeah. mid 90s. Oh my God. It's just like, but anyway, <laughs> the one big takeaway that I've had is yes. Michael Jordan can rock a beret, and I want to bring that back. Very I'm true. Be a beret girl. You should. That's the best. The best thing about that is that he literally, like, other than that, cannot dress himself. His clothes never fit him. There's like entire swaths of just like images of Michael Jordan wearing like hilarious outfits that look insane. But yeah, I agree. He can rock a beret. But you watched another documentary that I, I had. Enjoyed. You watched it. Yeah, as I say, you had watched it a couple weeks ago or whenever. I don't know what time is. Um, How to Fix a Drug Scandal. Did we already talk about it? I don't remember. I think you and I just talked about it. Like briefly. Oh, yeah. Well, because I think I maybe had watched like the oh, first episode. Oh, we talked episode. about it on your Instagram. Yeah, that's right. It's really, really good. It's four parts, so it's easy consuming. Uh, well, it is and it isn't because the subject matter is like not entirely easy. I knew about the Annie Dukin story. She was a chemist in the Boston in Boston who um, was responsible for like twenty to thirty thousand drug samples that she basically mishandled, per- basically purposely. And you know that right from the beginning that she wants to be a superstar, and so she's doing something wrong. Like 
These right. samples aren't accurate for some reason, but you don't find out until maybe episode three. Right. Everyone wants her to handle this stuff because she turns it around quick. So I knew that story. I think that was a big one that uh, that was sort of huge when it broke. I feel like I remember hearing about that and reading about that a lot. But but what this and it does cover that. I would say it's like one third that right. And then two thirds. Yeah, I think that's important context. But what you learn is that there are only two labs in the whole state of Mm -hmm. Massachusetts. And the other one is in Amherst. And it also had a scandal that I had no idea about. Um, And this particular documentary is really more about that situation because there was something different about it that changed it, which is not just that there was someone who was mishandling drugs. This particular woman was high on the job. But what happens in this case is that the state basically mishandles it. And the attorney general's office screws it up, essentially. Yeah, it's pretty in- intentionally. Damning. It is. It's not. It doesn't. I don't think that Martha Cloakley is a popular figure, regardless. <laughs> um, but I didn't feel any better about her office. Not her in particular necessarily, but her uh, her administration, I guess, as attorney general. After this, I don't want to. I guess not that there's like spoilers. It's it's something that was in the news, but I don't want to give it too much away. But I will say my main takeaway of it is that this gentleman, Luke Ryan, he's a defense attorney in Western Massachusetts, is a hero. He is yeah relentless and in his pursuit of justice for his clients who are. He's a defense attorney, um, and he just he just exhibits so much empathy and compassion I don't know I just was like really blown away by this guy and the the work that he did I couldn't agree more he's a hero Uh, he is so it's a it's a great show the gist of it is the people who had been given the responsibility of testing drugs apprehended by the police were not being drug tested themselves so that led to a whole bunch of accountability issues on a variety of levels but it's yes. a great watch yeah it's really good um and it and it helped it helped me have some faith in humanity yes my next pick is silly as a follow-up but uh, I'm i so excited. i love <laughs> i love the podcast tea time on the ringer Mm-hmm. The hosts were rewatching and rereading. I was Twilight. say they're reading it, right? Both, yeah. Yes. It started as just watching, and then they both were like, "I read the book too in one sitting." Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh yeah, so it's so good. I thought I'd go along for the journey, and I guess the biggest takeaways for me <laughs> are that Jacob has this natural face tune quality about him. Maybe it's he that he's does. like a young werewolf, but he just glows. And Edward conversely, is always clenching. He just always. is constantly, constantly clenching, and it's so unflattering. And the things he says to Bella now, like I might not have recognized oh this the first God. time I, I imbibed Twilight when I was like 21, mm-hmm. but it's just straight out of the game by Neil Strauss. Do you know that book? <laughs> yes. I've never read it. The pick, but to be a, a PUA, a pickup artist. Exactly. He's um, I never read either, manipulating but... her in the most horrible oh ways. God. He even says at some point, no one will believe you to her. And oh, I'm like, it's insane. Oh my God. Did you ever read it? Yeah, I read okay. it and I was student teaching in the Bronx and every girl and you were like, I gotta read at it. Roosevelt High School was reading it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I read it. So it came out when I was still in high school. So I was the prime audience. 
obsessed with the books. Like, went to the midnight release of the fourth book with my friends. I was like a teen. I was super, I just like loved it. I was super into the whole universe, you know, ridiculous. And so what happened for me is that I loved it. I was like all about it. It was my freshman year of college that fall is when the first movie came out. I went to the movie. You know, we went, like, the night it opened. We, like, sat. There's, like, I have pictures of me and my friends, like, sitting on the floor of the movie theater, like, waiting to get in. (laughs) And the movie ended. And it broke the spell. You know, it's entertaining. It's it's totally out there. But... Well, we mentioned magic earlier and i mm-hmm. think there's a certain magic when i read books that i create for myself oh and absolutely i will credit my imagination i got a strong one but when i watch a film sometimes that is just totally like squelched and in this case the makeup was a big part of that because <sighs> the vampires are done up in a way like i want them to look dewy dumpling like i want them they to glow so stupid it almost is like cultural appropriation like they look like geishas i don't oh my god they do they're painted extra white and their lips are red how did they make peter peter facinelli to me is like a regulation hottie he's the guy who plays mike dexter in can't hardly wait he's he's not like handsome in like a chris hemsworth way but he's very cute he's like dishy and i always find him really charming and that movie like uncharmed him oh man is he the dad he plays the dad yeah or like the Mm. you know the dad whatever but yeah, yeah. I was like, how did you turn this guy who I'm like, he could be in the worst movie ever. And I'd be like, oh, he's so cute and funny. You know, I was like, how did you do that to him? I feel like we need a little sound effect for whenever we switch to the next number, like ding mm-hmm. or like ka-ching. Five, <laughs> four, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. We're on three. If you leave me, you want to what are three things that you've bought online, Sarah? Things I've ordered and gotten in the mail. The first one I'll say is I am a subscriber to Rent the Runway's monthly service. I live in a studio apartment. I don't got room for clothes. Mm-hmm. And so they send me four pieces every month, which I like. And I get to pick them out. It's all stuff I wouldn't afford on my own, too, which is kind of nice. It's a fun thing to do. It's very cool. This month, they sent me eight pieces, which was so nice. Well, because they're probably like, please don't cancel. Everyone else must have canceled. Because, like, Mm. nobody has a chance to see this beautiful Victoria Beckham sweater. I do love her stuff. You got to just do photo shoots. Jake gets home. You got to be like, listen, buddy. Take my picture. I have eight really comfy sweaters. All dressed up. Nowhere to go. Speaking of being all dressed Mm. up. What about you? I am obsessed with Jane Fonda for many reasons, mostly because she's the greatest person who ever lived, (laughs) mostly because I would rank her. But, you know, I just, I idolize her politically, you know, as an actress, as a, as just like a persona, as a Hollywood star. I just like, I love Jane Fonda. I think she's so clever and funny and brilliant and like fierce like fierce in a way not like christian syriana like fierce like she'll rip your head off but she has been doing something called fire drill fridays uh up until quarantine she's actually still carrying it on but fire drill fridays was she literally moved to washington dc she like bought or is renting a place there and every single friday she goes with a whole crew of uh, fellow activists and protesters and sometimes other famous people and she gets up and she protests um our lack of effort on climate change 
She's oh, just hell like, yeah. yeah, she's like 80 years old and she, she, oh yeah, she's, she, and she's always been the person, uh, you know, to walk the walk. She very famously was caught up in some Vietnam drama. It won't get into. <laughs> yeah, she's been arrested a few times. She's dope AF. And so she was wearing this, she was wearing this jogging suit on her Instagram one time, but like it had down the sides of the legs and like over the hood. It was like a rainbow stripe that said Fonda. And people were like, oh my god, I want this. And apparently it was like a one-of-a-kind thing that she had. I don't know, that she had custom made. So she teamed up with LA Crafted, who is a, I guess, you know, uh, what's it called? Streetwear brand. And they made these jogging suits. And 100% of the proceeds go to Fire Drill Fridays and to, like, raise the wage. And so I was like... I have to get a Fonda jumpsuit. Yes. So I did. Oh, I ordered awesome. it. It's super comfortable. It's real cute. I'm so happy I did it. Um, I'll post some pics so you can all see. But yes, that is my oh. more ridiculous, my nice. most ridiculous online purchase this time. Well, in my effort to continue to age as grace, as gracefully, this wine, man, damn. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> In my effort to age as gracefully as Jane Fonda, I <laughs> bought retinol. You had to do it. And it was very expensive. But yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard the results are real. I have heard that too. I have also pur- purchased skincare on the internet, for, but only like refills of my regular products. But my big thing, my like regular moisturizer and that kind of stuff I, I'm good on, but I started to run out of my eye cream. I have never had this problem before. I don't know what happened to me. This winter, my left eye, like top and bottom eyelids, and then like my right eye, like the bottom one, are like dry. I'm a drugstore girl. We know this about me. I just use the like Neutrogena Hydro Boost. I use those products for like everything because they are mostly for people with really dry skin. Um, so if you need an eye cream, I highly recommend that one. And the last thing on my list that I've received in the mail I've been reading a lot and I was like trying to do the ebook thing because they're so accessible but I am on the screen all day long doing schoolwork and a variety of writing projects and things so I got some real books and it was so soothing I got Conviction by Denise Mina and it's based around a true crime pro oh my god Molly oh one glass of wine and I can't even speak. <laughs> True, guys. This is why we don't usually pop bottles. Okay. <clears throat> I ordered the book Conviction by Denise Mina, and it is structured around a true crime podcast, mm. which is fictional. But she is chasing after this criminal, and it's wonderfully suspenseful and delicious. Really, really easy to read. I don't know. I felt good about reading a book. Yeah. It felt like a healthy thing to do, like eating kale. But then it was yeah. so easy to go down, you know? I, I like that. It almost sounds like a... It almost sounds like cereal. Yeah. Like oh, a book, like feel. a juicy book version, right? That's cool. I have ordered on the internet several like alcohol-related products. This is the time <laughs> we live in now. What's the most obscure? I got mixers. I got, oh yeah. I don't necessarily want to go into a liquor store right now. So it has Mm-mm. been nice to be able to just like order ciders or wines or beers and just like pick them up. So that has been nice. Okay, the next thing on the list to Beyonce is two (laughs) things we learned. Yes. Is that it? Okay. Speaking of Beyonce. 
Well, I love the Dissect podcast. That's where I gained a lot of insight about Kanye West. And they go through song by song and give you very specific background and historical tie-ins. And they're doing it now for Lemonade, which they announced yesterday. It's like the coolest. I like. I mean, I think it's such a great idea for a um, podcast anyways. But I just – Lemonade is so – Evocative. Full. Well, it's evocative, but it's also just like, yeah, it's like chock full of illusions and stuff. And it's a visual album, so it's Mm -hmm. got so many layers. But yeah, it's great. So the first episode, they go through Fort Macomb and the slave castles in Africa and Trayvon Martin, and they talk about Beyonce's personal history and how all of those four things intersect. And it was like, they added layers to a song that I already loved. And I think my knowledge of a, a lot of this part of American history is pretty surface and she just has such a rich understanding and puts together a mm-hmm. creative tapestry. It it was like, I don't know. I already loved Lemonade and now I feel like I have even more appreciation and love for it. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I Happy birthday, Lemonade, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's something that I have thought about a lot like when I've talked to people about Beyonce and they, they have – I think it's totally fair and like we've mentioned before to critique people especially who are huge and super so talented but sometimes I hear critiques of Beyonce that are that are more like surface and don't really understand the depth of thought that she puts into every single thing that she does. So, yeah, I think that's really There's cool. It's so di- much nuance and they talk about her father's infidelity too. Oh, yeah. My daddy said shoot yeah. Is, is Dissect from Vox? Oh, I don't know. It could be. Let me look. I think it... I'm trying to see. Let's find out. Serialized Music Podcast. Oh, maybe it's just on its own. For some reason, I thought it was, like, through, like, like a, a vertical of something. The recommendation came from that Clark professor. Yes. was an Adidas rapper or whatever, so that's how I found it. That's cool. Adidas rep. He was the global head of marketing for Adidas. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, um, Lawrence Norman. You're amazing. <laughs> yeah. He was like, are you into music? And I said, yeah. And he said, oh, you should really listen to Dissect. Mm-hmm. So like I love it's it. just its own thing. I don't know. Yeah. For some reason, maybe it's like it has, maybe I just saw like yellow and gray on something and thought of Vox. I have also learned some things from the internet. Have you ever read Dracula? Um, not since I was a kid, but yeah. You and did? much too young. I read it much too young. First of all, that's amazing. I never read Dracula, which I think that has made my experience of this particular thing better. I feel that it has been enhanced. There is a Twitter user named Exo Dr. Venture. Um, she, she doesn't use her real name on her Twitter page. So like, I don't know what her real name is, but she is an editorial illustrator at truthout.org. Like she's like a real job and stuff. In last fall... I found this because someone like re-upped it, was like, by the way, if you want like a funny thing to read, you should read this. She, last October, started reading Dracula. She had never read it before. And she has a like 400 plus tweet thread of just like live, you know, like people live tweet TV shows. She like live tweeted like her reading of Dracula. Wow. Um, And it is so funny. Because, so she starts it off by framing it as, like, reading Dracula, kind of thinking about what it must have been like for people who, like, were reading it at the time it came out, who, like, didn't know vampire lore, right? 
Mm-hmm. Which is, first of all, that's interesting on its own. Like, the idea that, like, people read Dracula in the Victorian era or whatever, and they didn't know. And they were like, what is a vampire? Oh, my right. God. Or, like, maybe they had heard about it, but, like, they wouldn't know. So she talks a lot about, um, let me find it. I was really into Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I love it. Starting in sixth grade. And so I went on a tear where I wanted to read anything Oh, vampire. yeah, you just did it. I get it. There's a very funny part where she talks about, like, the garlic, right? Like, we know. So, like, we everyone knows that garlic keeps away vampires. You wear, like, a clove of garlic around your neck or, you know, any given thing. And so she does, so there's, like, a very funny part says, where is it? I, like, favorited so many things. She basically is going into, like, the idea that, like, Van Helsing is, like, walking around, like, just, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, rubbing uh, garlic on the walls. <laughs> And all the people, all the rest of the people are like, what are you doing? Because at this point, she also does, like, explain the story pretty well. At this point in the story, Van Helsing is there, like, freaking out. The actual Van Helsing, not, like, not the movie with Hugh Jackman. The the professor. He's there, and he's the only one who knows what vampires are, and he won't tell anyone else that it's a vampire. Which she's like, why won't you communicate with these people in the thread? And then she realizes later, she's like, oh, I get it. Like, he can't because then they'll throw him in the asylum. Right. It'd be like if five months ago you said, a virus derived from humans consuming bats is going exactly. to shudder everybody in the world for months at a time. Right? We would have been like, okay, yes. psycho. Um, she's reading it from that view, which I think is really funny. But then she talks, she goes into like the dearth of high quality mental health care at this time <laughs> because everyone in the book is nuts. I really thought this tweet was funny. She, like, she's quoting, you know, she's rephrasing some of what's going on. And she's like, hey, isn't it kind of weird that Mr. Hawkins died right after he promised Mina and Jonathan enough wealth to retire on? Sure. (laughs) You know what's weirder? Lucy has no blood. None. Not a drop of blood in that broad. (laughs) Because, like, she talks about how it just is, like, in any other context, five of the things that are happening in Dracula would be crazy. But because of, like, all these other vampire-related things, they're just not... And I love that. But I, I mostly really love her commentary on Van Helsing as a character. For instance, a part when he says, you forget that I am a lawyer as well as a doctor. And she writes, Van Helsing is such a Mary Sue, which is the name that is given to the types of characters who are like so perfect and so good at everything that it comes across as absurd. Mm. It's like a trope. But I thought I was just like in tears. Nice. Yes. But yeah, it's very, very silly. But also she, uh, you know, she demonstrates a very, like, a good background in literature. She talks about at one point how Bram Stoker refers to someone's eyes as orbs. And she's like, listen, teen girls writing fan fiction, don't let anyone ever tell you that you can't, that it's, like, over the top or cliche to refer to someone's eyes as orbs. Because then you can bust out and be like, well, Bram Stoker did it. Bam. So, yes. My Victorian activity of choice has been painting. Yes. Uh, (laughs) My husband bought me an easel and like a whole painting set, which was so nice because we're in the process of buying a house. And he was like, you'll be like the girl in the notebook who has her room for painting. I love it. (laughs) You will. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So I have been painting dandelions over Mm -hmm. and over and over because much like my French braiding of my hair over and over, I've decided if I do it enough times, I'll get good at it. Also, dandelions kind of look like the coronavirus. So I mean like the kind that are, yeah, that are like dried out and all the little seedlings blow away. Sticking out. I love it. 
you're gonna be the new Georgia O'Keefe uh, on her nether, you know, painting her nether regions and whatnot. That's next. If I watch enough too hot to handle, I'll start painting my yes. nether regions. <laughs> um, another thing that I have learned, sort of about myself, but also just like about things, is that so I love like food lists of any kind, like on Eater or on BuzzFeed. Like I'll just like read any list that is about foods, especially if there's pictures. It's just a thing that I enjoy, but. Recently, I've gotten really into reading lists of like weird regional foods, just like Scrapple and what's that? Since like skyscraper chili, this the weird like Cincinnati like spaghetti and chili. Oh, or like how they put a pickle in your hot dog in Chicago. In Chicago, yeah, just like stuff like that. But yeah, there's some really fun like strange regional foods that I've gotten some intel on from these. You can if you literally just Google that, um, they're very very fun to read. I sometimes wonder that. When I'm reviewing restaurants and mm-hmm. every restaurant in Massachusetts, not every, but like a, a lot of them have some sort of whitefish dish and then steak tips and like, uh, you right? know, the common dishes. I go, is that regional or is that just what every middling restaurant in America has? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. What about the amount of people in college that I had to feed fluffernutter sandwiches to? Well, that's definitely regional. Yeah, because people don't have... My uncle lives in Los Angeles. He used to have uh, my grandmother send him fluff in the mail because he, he's like, I need it. If you leave me, you Our final thing. So it is one... It was like one person you want to hug or, thi- or thing you want to do. I think we kind of made both. That's okay. I know. I really want to hug my mom. I have seen oh. my mom, but... And like we've gone for walks but, like, and most of the time I'm okay, but there are some days, like, I'll just be, like, feeling, you know, kind of down during this time. It's, like, we've talked about how hard it is and how weird it is and how everyone's just, like, coping with it. And there are some days where I'm, like, I just want to go to my mom's and give her a hug. <laughs> so that's been oh. tough. <laughs> I also picked a one hug of my grandparents in yeah. Florida oh, every yeah. year for my whole life. I've, like, figured out a way to get down there and see them. Um, and this is the first year yeah. that I so I don't know. It's hard. I love them so much. Well, it's hard in the, like, like you said, like you always try to get down there, but it's also hard just because like you're probably concerned about them, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It's tough. I, my grandma is the coolest lady. She's mm-hmm. in her 80s and she plays water. Wait, she used to play water volleyball every single day before this happened and that's Aww. her biggest complaint whenever I call her she's always like <laughs> just want to play one I understand the virus but yeah but she's she's amazing okay wait I'm gonna tell one really short personal story that's so weird I love it if you've made it this far in the episode you probably I don't we don't usually any- have episodes this long we're fine yeah okay so <laughs> they can my- they can deal with it <laughs> I know. I'm just going to be a little candid here, you know? Um, <laughs> my parents met when they were in college, and they, as far as I know, like, weren't in a relationship or anything, but they had me. Surprise! Same. And Shout out to um, us. in a weird twist of fate, my mom's mom and my dad's mom went to high school together, a small Catholic girls' high school, Whoa. a class of 30, in Boston. Yeah, it's so weird. 
And my grandma, who lives in Florida, she um, grew up in the projects in South Boston, and her mother was mentally ill, and she took care of all of her brothers, and she was, like, an amazing, amazing human. And my nana, who lives on the Cape and is also awesome, like, grew up in a more affluent family, Mm -hmm. and the two of them were not friends. My my poor grandma and my rich grandma, (laughs) and one was popular and one wasn't. This is what they told me, you know? Yep. And then... Lo and behold, their two children have an illicit affair in college and birth <laughs> me. So it's always such like a crazy dichotomy. I yeah. love love and I love how it brings people together. And now like my two grandmas get along really well and it's so weird and awesome. That is so funny. Yeah. So I want to hug all the grandparents. Yeah. That is wild. Which also brings me to the one other thing that I want to do or place I want to go, the beach. Because Florida's got beaches, Cape Cod got beaches. I want to hug my grandparents on the beach. I feel you. That's how I feel about going to the movies. I think a lot of people are feeling this, that right now. Like, we weren't always necessarily going to the movies every weekend. Or like, you know, often enough. But I feel like now that we can't go to the movies, people are like, oh my god, I want to watch a movie in a movie theater. Yeah, with the smell of popcorn and the sticky floor. Yeah, just like the whole thing. I would love to. I can't, I can't have Cats be the last movie that I saw (laughs) in a theater. I can't, I can't abide. Um, But I would love to. And that also, that goes back to like with my mom. Like that is something my mom and I love to, we go get something to eat and we go to a movie. Like we used to do that all the time. It's one of our things. And so, uh, yeah. And I specifically want to see a movie at Showcase North. Oh, so many middle school men. Or because, yeah, or because they have a bar there. But I want to <laughs> see, I want to see like an art film in that one little corner wing of Showcase North. That is what I want. <sighs> I was such a good girl in middle school, but I remember getting kicked out of the movies. We were seeing Bring It On. And I was with a big group of people, but the boy that got us kicked out is the drummer in Four Year Strong, Jake Masuko. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, it was because some girl tried to like run into the men's bathroom to see him because he was even a heartthrob back then before of he was course. famous. And um, they kicked our entire group out. Oh, my God. I know. She was just, like, being a jokester, too. Anyway, so Showcase North, when I go there, I still have anxiety about the security guards. But when That's so funny. My, like, sense memory of Showcase North is going there on Friday nights at, like, 730 with my family and literally the entire lobby being just, like, full mobbed like a rock concert yeah and ha- and having to like run around being like oh my god what if our movie is sold out mm-hmm. so now when you All go austin power so austin powers movies they're right because like i just remember it being so full probably over capacity somehow and it wasn't even just like the regular lobby area it was like the arcade was full the like little place you could sit in chairs was full Molly, we made it to the end of our countdown, and we I did. feel like I, I've really opened up. <laughs> I think it's great. I think this is what people want. This is we gotta give the people what they want to to steal a um a line from the Jalen and Jacoby <laughs> podcast. Shout out it's to Jalen and Jacoby. <laughs> like, who wants to know about us? God. But I, then I got a lot of really nice responses the last time. It was just the two of us talking, where people were like, "Oh, well, I think we, like." At we like when you guys just talk. Yeah, yeah, I think at this time especially, I don't know. It's it's a comfort in a way, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, We did it. We did it. Well, I have been Sarah. (laughs) I have been Molly. And this is Pop It. Pop It. Woohoo. That was fun.